What's up, guys? It's Jacob at the Football Fanatic here once again, and it is time for our Week 9 preview. Week 9 is already here. Craziness. Um, but I am very excited to get into this. Uh, Nick will not be joining me for this episode, unfortunately, but I do would like to remind you, as always, you can go on to the Football Fanatic Podcast website, footballfanaticpodcast.com. Um, and you can see my picks and Nick's picks will be there, even though he isn't on the website or he won't be on the episode today. Both our picks can be found there, along with every single episode that we've ever done. So you can go check that out. With that said, let's get started. We start our preview talking about the Thursday night football matchup coming up. It is the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. Both of these teams. They were not really expected to do that well at the beginning of the season, but they are both playing a lot better than I think anyone expected. The Bills are 5-2. and two. They're playing really well. The Jets are 3-5 and five and probably could have a winning record if they didn't kind of... If they were able to finish some of the games that they've had, they'd probably have a similar record as the Bills. But both of them have done a lot more than we've expected. Um, uh, we'll start with the Bills. Tyrod Taylor has done pretty well with what he's got, which is basically nothing. He established a great connection with Charles Clay at the beginning of the season, but since Clay has gotten hurt and Clay will be out for this game, he'll be returning soon, but we'll be out for this one. It's hard to really trust any of the receivers for Buffalo. There have been guys like Tyrod Taylor's getting it done, but you never know who is going to be with. Sometimes it's Nick O'Leary, the tight end. Otherwise, like you just never really know. So you can't really trust any of the pass catchers. I think the only guy you can really trust on that offense is Tyra Taylor himself and LaShawn McCoy, the running back. I mean, we all know this already. LaShawn McCoy is one of the best backs in the league. you got to start him if you have him. But beyond that, I don't think you can really trust anyone on the Bills. Uh, for the Jets, Josh McCown is actually, uh, according to stats, like next-gen stats, Josh McCown is like the most accurate passer this year which is very surprising. I don't think anyone really expected that. McCown has been pretty much a lifelong backup, but he's got his role now, and he's playing very, very well. And the main beneficiaries of that, Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse, who have three touchdowns and four touchdowns, respectively. Uh, Robbie Anderson has 435 yards. Jermaine Curse has 342. So an offense that we really didn't expect to be good, that didn't seem to have a lot of weapons coming into the year, has been looking pretty good. So I think either of those guys have wide receiver three potential. Josh McCown is a stream, streaming potential if you need him. Uh, if you need a quarterback at the running backs, um, it's still a time split. Bilal Powell, Matt Forte, Elijah McGuire, all of them are going to be getting some carries. You can't really trust any one of them over another. I think Bilal Powell probably has the most upside if you really need someone. I know there are quite a few teams on buys again this week, so you might be a little desperate, and Bilal Powell is probably... Uh, potential guy. If I had to pick one of the three, it'd be him, but I'm not super excited about any of them. In the end, though, I'm picking the Bills, and this is the only matchup I've already talked to Nick about, but he's picking the Bills as well. And again, if you want to see the rest of Nick's picks, go check out the website. But we are both going to take the Bills in this matchup. Now we move on to an NFC South divisional matchup, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. And both of these teams are kind of underwhelming. They both have winning records. The Falcons are 4-3 and three, the Panthers are 5-3. and three. But neither one is really performing to expectations. The Falcons, we'll start with them. Obviously, they were in the Super Bowl last year, and they just haven't really been able to get it done. Uh, offense coordinator Steve Sarkeesian has not really gotten it done in the absence of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and their offense just hasn't looked like what it used to be. 
they used to have so many different weapons, and they've still got all the same weapons, but they're just not able to utilize them. Matt Ryan hasn't played as well. Julio Jones hasn't played as well. Really, the offense as a whole just does not look the same as it did last year. Um, Devonta Freeman at running back, we drafted him as like a top five, maybe even probably more like a top ten running back. He's def I don't know if you can call him that anymore. He does have five touchdowns, and he gets some goal line work, but... I think uh, the offense is taking a step back, so you definitely still have to start him. Uh, not as much upside as he once had, though. And for the receivers, Julio Jones, I mean, he is such a big player and such a great player that you have to start him if you have him, but he hasn't really done what you drafted him for either. He was the consensus number two or three receiver along with Odell Beckham Jr., um, but he still just really hasn't performed to expectations, only one touchdown on the year. Mohamed Sanu, the wide receiver too, has actually been putting up some decent numbers lately, so he's an option if you are desperate and need a uh, flex play, wide receiver three type of guy. Austin Hooper at tight end, kind of a boomer bust. I prefer him to a lot of the other names on the waiver wire right now, though. There are so many tight ends that are out this week. Rob Gronkowski's on a bye out. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is on a bye. Greg Olson is still out. Charles Clay is still out. Uh, so it's tough. There's just not really a lot of tight ends. I think Austin Hooper's probably one of the better names that you have as options. And for the Panthers, they've underwhelmed as well. We've talked about this in recent weeks. Cam Newton has been struggling. He had those two, three good games in a row, and other than that, just hasn't really done much of anything. Um, he, he always keeps his floor higher with his run, with his rushing. So that is something that you can hang your hat on. So if you need him to play for you at least you have that to count on the biggest news for the panthers is they've traded kelvin benjamin so now devin funches is their wide receiver one and i think that hurts this offense you lose kelvin benjamin like yeah i've heard people make the argument we've seen cam newton play without kelvin benjamin before but i think this is going to have an impact on them i mean just because he's played without him before doesn't mean that he'll be able to put up the same numbers like cam newton was on another level that year and no matter what, losing a playmaker is still going to impact your team, whether or not he's done it before. Um, and they just don't have the same players they did last year. They had a great running game that year. Cam Newton had 10 rushing touchdowns. Um, they just were firing on all cylinders. Pretty much everything went well for them. And that's just not the way it's happening this year. So I think losing Kelvin Benjamin is going to hurt them. Uh, Devin Funches as a wide receiver one obviously gets a boost in uh, production there, boost in targets. He will be going up against a little bit of a tougher matchup with the Falcons' cornerbacks. Um, so I don't know if it translates to great production this week. I think going forward, Funches will probably have some, he will have some great matchups down the stretch. This week, I don't know if you can trust him, but it will be interesting to see how he can function in a wide receiver one role. But pretty much, if you have to start Newton, you can. Uh, if you have to start Funches, I guess I'm okay with that. McCaffrey, you, you are going to want to start. He's such a great guy in PPR. Uh, in standard, you maybe want to start somebody else, but that's pretty much what I've got there. <sighs> and this is probably one of the tougher matchups to pick this week, as both of them are underperforming. But I'm going to have to go with the Falcons in this matchup. Um, I just think that they are... I know they have better players, uh, whether they're going to utilize them or not is the is the question, but I'm just believing that the Falcons, there's too much talent. They're going to have to turn it around at some point. Hopefully that comes this week. 
So that was the NFC South matchup of the week. Now we're going to move on to an AFC South matchup, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. This one probably is not nearly as evenly matched as the last one was, however. Houston is 3-4, and four, but they have been playing much better than that, and I expect them to win this game handily. Deshaun Watson, with his 19 touchdowns through seven games, breaks Kurt Warner's record for the most touchdown passes by a rookie in his first seven games. He has looked incredible. Incredible. He's been so, so good. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller are must-starts every week now. They each have seven touchdowns, which is the league lead. Obviously, they're tied for that one, but uh, they are putting up numbers. They are doing fantastic. Uh, Will Fuller, I mean, he's getting his touchdowns. He doesn't really have very many yards. He only, He's averaging... Um, over half a touchdown per catch so that means in two catches he has more than a touchdown like it's insane so either he's going to have to start getting more catches or he's going to start getting less touchdowns but uh, I think you still have to start him with the production we've seen from him DeAndre Hopkins obviously is a must start 606 yards which is third in the league along with tying the lead for touchdowns so he's been great Lamar Miller hasn't been great, but I think with the volume and just with the way this offense is producing, I think you have to start him as well. It's just I like all the Texans in this matchup, and the Colts, uh, not as much. I do think they're going to have to put up numbers to keep up with the Texans, though, so that does give them a chance. I think probably the best pass catcher for them is Jack Doyle. I don't really trust T.Y. Hilton at this point or Dante Moncrief. Um, so if you have Hilton, I can see starting him because the balls are going to have to go to somebody. But I think Jack Doyle is probably a better option. And T.Y. Hilton, I don't know. It depends on who else you've got. Uh, if you have questions about starting, definitely feel free to tweet me at NFLFanaticPOD. I'd love to answer any of your questions uh, there. Or you can leave a call in if you're listening on Anchor. For the running backs, uh, Frank Gore, Marlon Mack have been kind of eating into each other's workloads which isn't really great for either one of them. Frank Gore is still the guy who's getting the majority of the work. We did see a lot more of Marlon Mack last week, though. So that's why it's so tough is because you just don't know who's going to start. It's a committee, so I think either one of them are viable flex options, probably Frank Gore more because he's getting a lot more of the work. Um, but still, it's, it's just tough to know what you're going to get from either one of them. I think Brissett is probably a valid streaming option just because I'm expecting the Texans to put up points. And Brissett should have quite a bit of garbage time. So I am streaming him in one league, and I think that's probably a viable option. But again, I think the Texans will take this one in a landslide. Next, we move on to our fourth matchup of the week, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cincinnati Bengals are a team that has also been underperforming this year, and Jaguars somewhat as well. They've been pretty inconsistent. They've gone win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So by that pattern, they'll lose this week, but I'm, I think that pattern's going to reverse. I think they're the better team in this matchup. Their defense is just so good, and now, they, if you haven't heard already, they traded with the Bills to acquire Marcel Darius as a defensive tackle, so their defensive line is fantastic. Their linebackers are great. Their defensive backs are incredible. Like, There's just so many talented, talented players on that defense. I think it's going to overwhelm the Bengals' offense, um, which has already been struggling in the past weeks. Andy Dalton hasn't been doing as well as he used to, and they haven't been able to get their running game going. They've finally committed to Joe Mixon, but even in that so-called commitment, uh, while he is getting the majority of the carries, and that's pretty far, they just aren't really running the ball that much at all. It's almost all throwing, and Mixon just hasn't really been able to get it done. Even though he's had some games where he runs well, he just hasn't gotten opportunities. So it's hard to trust him. 
And it's hard to really trust the Bengals' passing offense either, especially against the Jaguars' defense that's one of the top in the league. A.J. Green, again, he's one of those guys, if you've got him, you have to start him. Tyler Croft is probably one of the better flex options or one of the better uh, streamers for tight ends this week. But honestly, I don't think you can really trust. Aside from those two guys, I don't really want to start any of the Bengals. Jaguars, obviously Leonard Fournette. Fantastic. He's looked really good, and I think coming off of a bye, he'll be even better. It'd be a little bit recovered from the, the injuries he's been dealing with, so he will be great up for you, obviously. Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns, both kind of guys that are wide receiver three flex guys. You never really know what they're going to get you, but they're some of the better options out there for uh, streaming. So if you want um, a guy like that, I you can do it. I don't think that they're going to put up great numbers this week, though. I don't think it, they'll have to score a ton of points to stay ahead of the Bengals, so I'm guessing this will be a grinded out with Fournette game, which is kind of how the Jaguars have been going all season, trying to keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands. So Leonard Fournette's a starter. Those two receivers, if you have to, you can start one of them, but honestly, I think Fournette's probably the only valid starter. And again, I think the trend is reversing for the Jaguars this week. I think they get the W against the Cincinnati Bengals. And would you look at that? It's another NFC South Divisional matchup. The remaining two teams in the division, the Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints, will be facing off at noon central this week. And the Buccaneers are another team that's kind of been struggling on offense. Jameis Winston has been very up and down. He's missed quite a few throws, and he's just looked injured, which he is. He has an injury to both throwing arms, so it just hasn't looked that great. He has been throwing this week, and he will start. But how effective will he be? We don't really know. And I don't think he's a valid starter going up against a top 10 New Orleans Saints defense. And it also makes him hard, it hard to trust many of his receiving options. Mike Evans, uh, he's another guy, if you have him, you've got to start him. But I don't know how much you can really uh, expect from him. Cameron Brates, another guy at tight end, especially with how the tight end position is shaping up uh, this year and this week. You've got to start him as well, but... Not super optimistic going up against a good defense, and the way Jameis Winston is playing, it's hard to really trust him. Doug Martin, I think he's more of a flex play. Um, with all the buys, that, that's pretty much what does it for me. Uh, I personally don't want to have to start him. I just don't really want a part in the Bucks' offense at all right now. It's just not looking great for them. So Martin, uh, viable, I guess, but I'm thinking that they're going to have to throw to keep up with the Saints. Uh, because Drew Brees and that offense has looked very, very good. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, the one-two punch at running back, both of them have been fantastic this year, and I expect that to continue this week. So both of them, valid starters, uh, even though they will be a committee, both of them will get work. I think both of them will get enough production to be valid starters for you. And Michael Thomas, you got to start him if you have him, but beyond that, I don't know if I really trust the rest of him. Ted Ginn is kind of a punt play. Uh, he only had two catches last week, though. One of them was a 60-yarder, so he got you your points, but not really uh, great in the target department. So it's most of this offense is functioning through the two running backs, so those are the guys that you want. And ultimately, I'm picking the Saints to win this game. I think they're the better team, and they are playing very, very well, whereas the Buccaneers are struggling. And I think that they're better than we've seen from them thus far, but their defense has been very, very injured, and that's only going to help the Saints' offense to put up points against them. And now we've got a matchup of two of the biggest surprise teams of this year, one of them for being good and one of them for being absolutely terrible. The one that's good is the Los Angeles Rams. They're 5-2 and two coming off of a bye, and their offense under head coach Sean McVay has been fantastic with his new staff. I mean, Jeff Fisher... 
now hopefully people understand just how bad of a coach he was because this is basically the same personnel he had last week or last year aside from Sammy Watkins who honestly really hasn't done that much for this offense uh, and the Giants they're the bad they're one and six I expected a lot more from this year and obviously um, losing your top three receivers does not help you but still and even before that they were struggling so the, the Giants have just been very very bad that's really all you can say about it their offensive line has not protected Manning at all and that just has had terrible effects on their offense so Sterling Shepard he's the number one receiver and you got to play him probably uh, against the Rams and Evan Ingram rookie tight end that has been doing very very well and he's pretty much the only uh, passing option for Eli Manning in this game. Other than that, it's basically guys they've signed off the street. And the way Evan Ingram has been playing, and again, the terrible tight end situation in the league, Evan Ingram is a tight end one. You've got to start him. Running backs, a little tougher to trust. Orleans Darkwa and Wayne Gallman are kind of splitting carries back there. And I think Orleans Darkwa is getting the majority of the work for them, so he's probably going to get more points. But another guy that I'm not really super optimistic about, uh, this is not a committee that I'm just um, thinking you can play both of them or really even one of them. Um, th this, the team pretty much moves the ball through passing, and I know it's struggled to do that with some of their top options missing, but I don't really think they're going to have a dramatic shift in their attack. I think they're still going to throw the ball, so I'm not expecting great things from those two running backs. And for the Rams, Todd Gurley, you know him. He's probably the MVP this year. Uh, fantasy MVP if he continues the way he's been going 627 yards and five touchdowns rushing along with 293 yards and three touchdowns receiving he has been amazing 27 catches is not something we expected from him but seeing him involved in the passing game has just upped his value even more and he's been great um, for the for the receivers though it's a little harder to know you got Robert Woods Cooper Cup Sammy Watkins um, the Giants have suspended Janoris Jenkins, their cornerback, so uh, that does help the Rams a little bit. In uh, it weakens the Giants' pass defense, but they are still they still have some pretty good defensive backs. So especially since there's three of them and all of them have very similar numbers, and it's kind of week to week which one is going to get your numbers. I don't know if you really want to trust any of them. Again, so many bye weeks, you might have to play one of them. <sighs> I think if I had to choose, it would probably be Cooper Cup. He's got 316 yards, three touchdowns, leads the team in touchdowns, and second in yards. So I think he's probably the best option out of the three, but honestly, I'd stay away from all of them if I could. Um, but based on their, not just based on their records, but the way I've seen them play, the Rams are the much better team in this one. Head coach Sean McVay, uh, my candidate for coach of the year, and I think he leads them to another victory over the helpless Giants. One of the league's premier defenses in the past few years has taken a step back this year, and a lot of that is due to the struggling offense. The Denver Broncos are 3-4, and four, and it's in big part due to Trevor Simeon and the offense's struggles. They keep putting the defense in bad scoring positions, and against the 7-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles' best record in the NFL, they're going to put up some numbers. And I know the Broncos' defense is good, but Carson Wentz is also very good. He's got 19 touchdowns, which is first in the league, uh, tied with Deshaun Watson, as we talked about earlier. But I'm very excited to see this matchup. I want to see what Carson Wentz can do against one of the league's top defenses. So we'll start with the Broncos, though. Brock Osweiler has been named the starter for this week, so Trevor Simeon is going to the bench. I don't really think this affects really anyone on the team. Brock Osweiler 
Obviously, we saw him do very badly last year, but Trevor Simeon has been doing very badly this year, so I don't really think there's a huge difference between the two at this point. So I'll be interested to see if it makes much of a difference if Brock Osweiler can play more like he did for the Broncos a few years ago as opposed to he did for the Texans last year. Um, but not really expecting a whole lot from anyone on this offense. C.J. Anderson is a great player, but just never gets the volume, so you can't trust him. Demarius Thomas uh, is not really playing that well, even though they went up against the Chiefs last year. The number one uh, easiest to score against for wide receivers, he still didn't really do that well. And now that Emmanuel Sanders is coming back and going to take some of the targets, that's going to make it even harder for Thomas to get some work. So... Uh, Thomas and Sanders are both borderline wide receiver three flex guys. I don't like either one of them in particular. Uh, for the Eagles, Carson Wentz, hard to know if you can start him or not. It really depends on who else you have on your roster because he's going – obviously he's been fantastic. But going up against the Broncos defense, as I mentioned, uh, it's going to be a little bit harder this week. So it depends on who you have. That's another one if you'd like my opinion or – uh, whatever, you can leave a call in on Anchor or tweet me at NFLFanaticPOD on Twitter. Uh, Zach Ertz, I think you can still trust him. The, the Achilles heel of this Broncos defense is covering tight ends, and Ertz has just been so good this year. Leads the tight ends in scoring, grabs with six touchdowns, along with 528 yards. For the receivers, it's a little hard to, harder to know. Alton Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar have kind of bounced back and forth between who's the number one guy. So I don't really like either one of them in particular, again, because they're going up against the Broncos. For the running backs, I don't like any of them either. Jay Ajay is another one we talked about yesterday. He got traded to the Eagles this week. So it sounds like him and LeGarrette Blount will be splitting carries at this point. We'll see if one of them emerges, but against a Denver Broncos defense, which is one of the top five in the league against running backs, especially against the committee. You don't really want either one of them. But I do still think, even though it'll probably be a little harder for the Eagles to move the ball this week, I think they are the better team. They've been playing so, so well, and I think they'll be able to beat the Brock Osweiler-led Broncos. So... Fly, Eagles, fly, 8-1. Call it now. I have seen discussions over the past few weeks as to whether the worst quarterback in the league that is not a rookie this year is Joe Flacco. He has looked abysmal. So, so bad. He has been terrible. The receivers have been terrible. You can't trust anyone. I don't trust anyone on the offense outside of Alex Collins. He's actually looked pretty good. He's averaging six yards a carry on the ground. Buck Allen has also been decent. He's averaging 3.6 on the ground, but is also involved in the pass catching, at least until Danny Woodhead comes back in week 11. So I think either of them, maybe you could play him. Um, PPR, I'd give the edge to Allen. Standard is Alex Collins. But aside from them, can you trust anyone? Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, both under 250 yards. I don't trust any of these guys. The Titans' defense hasn't been great, but the Ravens' offense has just been terrible. So I don't want any part of the Ravens' offense outside of the running backs. And for the Titans, uh, it's, a trust, it's hard to trust their running backs. DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry both still splitting carries. 86 to 75 is the difference there. Um, and neither of them has been particularly effective either. They both have two touchdowns on the year. They're averaging 4.3 and 4.4 yards per carry, respectively, but just because neither of them is getting the chance to kind of break out and take the lead role, they're both not really able to get anything going, so that's hurting them. And Marcus Mariota, he's only got four touchdown passes on the year, so this is another team that's been struggling, and another reason it's hard to trust any of their pass catchers. I think Delaney Walker, the tight end, just because he's a tight end, is valid. 
and he does get his volume. He's leading the team in receptions. Um, so he's a guy that I would be comfortable starting. But outside of him and maybe DeMarco Murray, if I have to pick a running back, it'd be him still. Uh, but outside of those two, I don't really want any part of the Titans offense at fantasy. But I do still think they're the better team here. The Ravens have just looked terrible. Uh, so I'm picking the Titans to win this matchup, despite uh, the fact that I think this will be a pretty ugly game. Now we have an NFC West battle that I have been constantly bouncing back and forth on. The Arizona Cardinals are 3-4, and four, but they have lost both David Johnson and now Carson Palmer to injured reserve. Uh, it sounds like David Johnson will not be coming back for the rest of the season. Uh, they just talked about that this week. Head coach Bruce Arians says he expects that Johnson will not be able to return, especially like their record's not going to be good. It's not like they're playing for a playoff chance. Then maybe Johnson could push his return a little bit, but you don't want to cut risk him coming back and getting re-injured, especially if it isn't going to mean anything in the long run. So despite the fact that the 49ers do not have a single win yet this season, I think that they probably had their best chance of the year in this game, especially for C.J. Bethard. Um, he is going to be playing this game knowing that they just traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to be motivated. He needs to prove that he is worthy of staying the starting quarterback, not letting Jimmy Garoppolo come in. So I think he's going to come out firing, and he's going to have to do something against the Cardinals to prove that he's worth starting. So at this point, I'm picking the 49ers to win the game. But this is one you might, you're going to have to stay uh, on looking on the website, uh, footballfanaticpodcast.com, because I will probably be bouncing back and forth on this one, and I may change my pick before the end of the weekend. So... Uh, keep an eye out for that. As of right now, though, I'm picking the 49ers. I think Bethard's going to come out with something to prove. I don't know how much that means for the rest of his offense. Carlos Hyde and Matt Breida are still splitting carries, and both of them have kind of flip-flopped who's getting the majority of the work. As Kyle's, head coach Kyle Shanahan said, he considers them basically equal backs, and he's just going to ride the hot hand. And you never know who that's going to be. So I don't really trust either one of them. They could... Either one could break out this week, but you're not going to know who it is. So you could get a zero from the other guy. You really do not know. And for the catchers, Pierre Garçon is the only one who's really shown much of anything this year. And he'll be going up against Patrick Peterson, probably the best cornerback in the league. So hard to trust him. And you don't know where the targets are going to go outside of that. So I don't really trust anyone on the 49ers offense. I don't really trust anyone on the Cardinals offense. Uh, Adrian Peterson might have a chance to put up some numbers this week because the 49ers defense is pretty bad. Um, but outside of Adrian Peterson, I don't think you can start anyone in this matchup. But I do think, at, at least for now, I think the 49ers get their first win of the season. Now we move on to the next matchup, the Washington Redskins and the Seattle Seahawks. And Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, holy cow, they edged out Deshaun Watson in a showdown last week. What a great game that was. And because of that, it seems like the Seattle offense has finally found their stride. And they're also finally committing to a running back. The, the Seahawks coaching staff has said that they are giving Eddie Lacy the bulk of the carries this week. So they're just going to roll with one guy and see what happens. I don't know if that means anything beyond this game. But it'll be interesting to see if Eddie Lacy is able to get anything going, knowing that he's not going to be coming out on the next carry, which is the way it's been going this season. But for Seattle... There's a lot of interesting options here. Jimmy Graham caught two touchdowns last week, so he's finally getting involved in the offense again. Uh, Doug Baldwin is a guy you always got to put him in there. Paul Richardson caught two touchdowns last week uh, and has five on the year now. So despite the fact he only has 22 catches so far this year, 
I think he's a viable streaming option. He's been playing pretty well, and with Russell Wilson playing as well as he is, Richardson definitely has a chance to put up some more points this week. Uh, for the Redskins, Kirk Cousins, I mean, you're going up against the Legion of Boom, and while we did see Deshaun Watson just carve them up, I think it's going to be a little harder for Kirk Cousins to do that, especially the way he's been playing so far this season, and with the receiving options he has. Jamison Crowder, Terrell Pryor, they haven't really been able to get anything done. It means something when the leader of the team in receptions is Chris Thompson with 31. He's a running back and a situational player. He only takes... I don't know the exact percentage of snaps that he plays, but it's not very many. And when you see that a guy like that is leading the team in in catches, you know something's wrong with the passing offense. So that uh, is going to be hard to trust against the Legion of Boom. And just anyone on the offense is hard to trust. Chris Thompson, I think you have to keep putting him in there just because he's been doing so well with the touches he gets. Um, so he's a flex play. I don't think you can trust any of the pass catchers, though. I think if anyone, it's Vernon Davis. He will be taking the place of the injured Jordan Reed this week. So I think he could have some work, especially if the Seattle uh, pass rush is going to be getting to Kirk Cousins, and he'll have to do some dump offs to Chris Thompson and Vernon Davis. That's my thought. But I do think the Seattle Seahawks are going to win this game. Their defense is still their defense, very, very good. And Russell Wilson has really started to come on later in the season, as they always seem to do. They don't do well in the beginning, and then they come on towards the end of the season. It looks like it'll be that way again. So I'm expecting big things from the Seattle Seahawks going forward, and that starts with winning this game. It's time to move on to a matchup that probably would have been one of the more exciting ones this week, if not for a recent court ruling. The Dallas Cowboys will be taking on the AFC-leading Kansas City Chiefs without star running back Ezekiel Elliott. He has been suspended for six games once again, and it looks like it's finally going to stand this week, which means he won't be able to return <clears throat> until the fantasy playoffs, which is quite unfortunate if you have him on your roster. This is about as bad as we thought it was going to be. It would have been better if he'd just been suspended at the beginning and then he was gone until uh, week seven could come back, and then he'd be available for the fantasy playoffs. Now, in the home stretch. Elliott will not be able to play for your team, so bad news for your team and the Cowboys in general. I think this is going to um, make this matchup a little bit less exciting. I do still think it'll be a good game, though. Dak Prescott, I expect to be playing with the chip on his shoulder. He's going to have to put the team on his back if they want to have a chance to make the playoffs this year and if they want to get some wins going forward. Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden have both showed promise, and obviously it's still the Cowboys' offensive line, but I still don't think they're going to be as effective as Ezekiel Elliott was, so Dak Prescott is going to make some things happen in the passing game. Jason Winton, who is the league leader in receptions for, or not the league leader, team leader, sorry, in receptions this year, is going to still be involved in this offense. The Kansas City Chiefs' pass rush has been pretty good, actually, and I think uh, Des or Jason Winton is the guy who catches most of the dump-offs. And then Des Bryant, he's another guy. you got to start him if you've got him. Outside of them, though, I don't really trust any of the pass catchers. I think Morrison McFadden will probably be splitting work along with rookie Rod Smith. So hard to trust the running backs. You might have to start one of them. And at this point, based on the news that I've heard, I think Alfred Morris is the guy that you want to start. But I'm not particularly excited about any one of these guys until I see them in action on the field. For the Chiefs. It's pretty much the same as it is every week. You can start Alex Smith, you start Kareem Hunt, you start Travis Kelsey, you start Tyreek Hill. It's pretty much the same with them every week. There aren't really a lot of other options for the team. Uh, so those are the guys you want. That's just the way it is. Both, All four of those guys have been playing on an extremely high level this year uh, towards the league leaders in their respective positions. So 
very, very good. And all four of those guys combined big reasons that um, this team is in the position that it is, 6-2. and two. Their offense has been fantastic. I think Alex Smith is probably one of the contenders for a player or MVP this year. No interceptions yet. And that is really, really crazy through eight games, especially with the amount of times he's had to throw. He's been so, so accurate. And he's been playing on MVP level. That's really all there is to it. And I expect them to win this game, especially since Ezekiel Elliott will not play. Kansas City Chiefs continue their win streak again and advance to 7-2. and two, While the Dallas Cowboys fall to 4-4. Four and four. Our Sunday night football matchup this week is probably a little less exciting than some of the ones we've seen in the past. This one is the Raiders and the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins are playing. Uh, I'm actually not sure if Jay Cutler will be playing yet. So that's something you're going to have to want to watch. Uh, I will... I will plan on doing an injury recap episode later in the week, probably Saturday at some point. So if I do that, you can listen to that. Otherwise, uh, Stefania, Stefania Bell of ESPN always puts out an injury blog uh, late on Saturdays. So you can check that out Sunday mornings and see updates on all the players. I believe Jay Cutler will not be playing in this one, though, which, honestly, I hate to say this, but it will have a negative impact on the offense. We saw that last week. Matt Moore was just not good in place of Cutler. And while Cutler hasn't been great, he was better than Moore was playing. He was just terrible. And if he plays, I think that's really going to have an impact on the value of everyone on this offense. Jay Jai is gone now, as we talked about earlier. So rushing Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams reportedly will be a committee for now. So we'll see if one of them pulls away and uh, starts to be uh, more of a feature back in the offense going forward. But for this game, at least, we have to assume that they're going to be a committee because that's what they've reported. It's hard to trust either one of them. To me, I think Kenyon Drake will probably get the majority of the work, but, again, hard to say. Not super excited about either one of them. And, again, Matt Moore looked terrible. So hard to trust Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker. I think if any of them, Kenny Stills is probably one of the more exciting ones because he's caught two touchdowns with Matt Moore and looks like he has a connection with him, whereas Landry and Parker haven't really been able to do as much. I think Devontae Parker's really only a valid option if Jay Cutler is playing. Jarvis Landry, you can still start regardless because he just gets so many uh, targets. For the Raiders, they're 3-5. and five. They're going to have to win some games if they want to make the playoffs. So I think this is a must-win for them, and that's going to motivate them. That, that's kind of what happened a few weeks ago when they played the Chiefs. I expect them to win this game. Their offense has been struggling. Marshawn Lynch will return for this game. He has been playing super well, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to trust him in this game. I think both of the backs last week, Jalen Richard and Dwayne Washington, both looked pretty good in his absence. So, I don't know. It's hard to think that Marshawn Lynch will be getting all of the work. I'm guessing both or all three of these backs will probably be somewhat involved, so hard to trust any one of them. Crabtree and Cooper, though, you got to start them if you have them. Both of them have been decent. Amari Cooper... Uh, yeah, I guess he pretty much just had the one week, but I continue to roll him out there just because of the talent. We've seen it from him. It's just when is it going to come back. So those two guys you can start. I don't really trust the running backs, but I think the Raiders will be motivated in this game. Uh, so Derek Carr, I think, is a valid option. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, it'll probably be a tough one because the Dolphins aren't as bad as some people would say. I hate to say that, but I think the Raiders will win this one in the end. And finally, to close it out, we have our Monday night matchup. My Green Bay Packers against the Detroit Lions, and honestly, I'm not super optimistic about this one. Brett Hundley didn't really look good in his first career start two weeks ago, and I think having a bye week will help him, so 
I'm not completely completely writing this one off, but I think if Hundley performs poorly in this one, uh, it's kind of it might be the season. Um, so I think a lot of people have ruled us out already. I'm a little bit more optimistic, but it's probably just because I'm a fan. But I do think that the Lions, at least at this point, I got to pick them. Um, I think Stafford. We saw him go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, which I've already talked about. One of the best ones in the league. One, I think probably the most. Uh, I think it's the best one talent-wise, and it hasn't always showed on the field. But I think they've got so many good names there. They've got so much talent. So Matthew Stafford's still able to put up a ton of yards against them. And while it didn't always translate to points, it seemed like they just kicked field goals every time. They were moving the ball. And the Packers' defense is not nearly by any stretch of the imagination as good as the Jaguars' defense was. So I think they're going to be able to still move the ball. Golden Tate, I assume he will uh, resume his role as the wide receiver one. Marvin Jones and TJ Jones actually got the majority of the work last week, but I think Golden Tate, uh, he's returning to health, and I think he will be uh, back as the wide receiver one and the guy you want catching passes. Tate and Jones probably could both be valid options, though, with the way Stafford is throwing the ball. For the running backs, though, Amir Abdullah, just hasn't really been able to get it going. He's gotten one touchdown and only 369 yards through all these games. So we see Dwayne Washington involved. We see Theoretic involved. I think it takes away from his upside, and I'm not super excited about starting Amir Abdullah. I don't think he's going to have a lot of production, especially since the Packers' uh, rush defense is better than its pass defense. I think that uh, the Lions are going to throw the ball. That's the way their offense is oriented, and I think that's the way you have to attack the Packers. So I expect that to continue this week. The thing I'm most excited about is to see if Aaron Jones can continue the way that he's been playing. He's got a 5.6-yard average per carry and three touchdowns. Uh, while Montgomery has been injured, he's been performing very, very well. So I don't know if they're going to go back to Montgomery once he's fully healthy, but I think the way Aaron Jones is playing, you got to keep rolling with him. So I'm interested to see how the running back situation shakes out. Um, honestly, I don't really trust any of the pass catchers. I'm a huge fan, Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson, but both of them, hard to trust them with Brett Hundley at quarterback. So I'm not really expecting big things from either one. I think uh, depending on who you've got, you probably have to start them just because you don't really know what you're going to get from Hundley. If, again, though, if they can't get it done this week, I think you probably have to downgrade them to possibly benchable players uh, in the coming weeks. But again, I think, I hate to say it, but honestly, I see the Lions winning this one. But that is all the matchups for this week. So thank you once again for joining me. It's been a fun time as always. If you'd like to get in contact with me with questions or something you'd like to talk about with football, please feel free. You can contact me. There's a form on the website, which I've talked about already. Twitter I've talked about. Calling into the station on Anchor. Those are probably the three best ways to get a hold of me. So I'd love to get in contact with you and talk football. I always love to do that. So... Uh, with all that said, thank you again for listening. I will catch you next time.